0: Coming up on this week's show, we have Coastal Magic Convention featured author Hank Edwards, and he's here to talk about the latest in his Critter Catchers series. This is the Big Gay Fiction Podcast. The show for avid readers and passionate fans of gay romance fiction. Each week we bring you exclusive author interviews, book recommendations, and explore the latest in gay pop culture.
1: Welcome to episode 151 of the Big Gay Fiction Podcast. I'm Jeff from jeffadamswrites.com, and with me as always is my co-host and husband, Will Knauss.
2: Hello,
0: everybody. This week's episode of the podcast is brought to you in part by our remarkable group of supporters on Patreon. A big thank you to Krabby Patty for joining us. We'll have more information on how you can join Krabby Patty and the rest of our super cool Patreon crew in just a few moments. Welcome back, everyone. Episode 151. Uh, after after last week's historic episode, it's all downhill from here. Nah, we just, we <laughs> moved to the next plateaus of... Well, plateau the, doesn't sound very good either.
1: Well, there's little plateaus, like 151 We're, was a milestone how about, plateau. How about
0: a notch? We're taking it up a notch. Okay.
1: Because, <laughs> you know, later this year we'll have our third anniversary. And yes, then we will. We'll be headed towards the 200 milestone and not from there.
0: I was talking to someone earlier this week, and they were asking me sort of like how I felt about hitting 150. And um, I was, of course, you know, non-committal and a bit wishy-washy about it because, <laughs> there, you know, there are positive things, there are negative things. And it was just like I never really 100% thought about hitting a specific mark. So I don't actually have any specific feelings about getting to 150 that's fair so i I don't know if we want to like publicly state what our next you know milestone is other than three years you just mentioned three years we're coming up on that um well i mean you and i have talked about 2020 being
1: the five-year mark it's that's going to be a big year for us of the show which also happens to be our 25th year together um so that'll be pretty epic
0: when we hit 2020, I'll have a lot of stuff going on in it. Mm-hmm. So. Just, be- just before we hopped on this recording, everybody, um, Jeff saw me doing math. And he's like, why are you doing math? Because that's, you know, a genuinely <laughs> shocking thing. And I- <laughs> um, and because we were at 150, I wondered what it would be like to hit 1,000 episodes. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, and I did the math super quickly and and roughly. Um, from here till uh, roughly a thousand episodes, it's gonna be at least another sixteen years. Okay. And we're gonna. It's gonna be around twenty thirty four. Okay. <laughs> and I'll be what seventy something then. <laughs> okay. Uh, we'll be like. Sattler and Waldorf of the gate podcast scene. <laughs> that would be Lord. funny. Anyway, anyway. Oh, goodness. So what has happened? There's some stuff. Stuff has happened this past stuff week. Stuff has happened.
1: Uh, on Friday, uh, we went to the Lavender Library, which is one of our favorite places to go. Uh, the Queer Sacramento Authors Collective had a milk and cookies event there, which is one of the quarterly readings that the collective does. Uh, excellent group read this week uh, We had Ellie Franks Who actually sampled a little bit From her Christmas story That will be coming out In Dream Spinner's Advent Calendar yep. uh, Amy Lane read from her new book That actually comes out this week Called Any Fish Will Do uh, J. Scott Coatsworth Read a little bit from uh, His River City Chronicles Pat Henshaw debuted a new work uh, Work in Progress there And I also read from Hockey Player's Heart uh, we'll actually have uh, links in the show notes if you want to check out any of the video from that. That was pretty cool to hang out with those guys. Uh, and I also put sent back the first round of edits on Netminder this week uh, to Harmony, Inc., to getting that fourth book in the Codename Winger series done. So good stuff all around. And, as if that wasn't enough... <laughs> We also got to catch up with Joyfully Jay this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's here. There's a lot going on in September for the for her blog. Uh, off the recording, we actually talked about that the September is the seventh anniversary of Joyfully Jay. That's a nice anniversary so to have. That's pretty awesome that she's been doing what she's done for the last seven years. Plus, September is also Challenge Month, and she has a preview of that coming up right here. I'm excited to welcome back to the podcast Jay from Joyfully Jay. Great to have you back.
3: Hi Jeff, how are you? Good, thank you so much. It's been a while since I've been here.
1: It has been. I don't know. We were talking before we pushed the record button. It doesn't feel like it's been like March or April, and yet the entire summer is shot by.
3: I can't believe how fast the summer, summer has gone by. I have um, two starting high school next summer, so I feel like there's 11 o'clock looming and the summer just flew by.
1: September Challenge
4: Month.
3: Yes, yes, I'm super excited. This is our um, fourth annual reading challenge month in September. And um, for those who haven't been a part of it in the past, what we do is have a month-long series of reading challenges. So um, one a week for the four weeks of September. And the way it works is that each week, um, the reviewers and I read books that fit the challenge themes. And then we, have prizes, we have sponsors for each week. So we have um, readers can enter to win by either commenting on any of our channels, so just entering a normal comment on our review, um, or for bonus entries they can read along with their own challenge books. So this is my absolute lots of readers who um, pick up their own challenge books and they read and then on Friday at the end of the week they write a mini review. So, you know, few sentences, a paragraph, nothing major um, on our challenge post. And so I love getting to see what the readers are reading and getting them to hear about it. Because a lot of times people are um, nervous about commenting, which you never should be, but people are. Um, and so this is the way you really get, you um, get involved and i I love seeing what
4: every year as we pick our books i look back on this year and many many you know favorites have come for me out of things that i've read like i realized last year i read um i think risk taker by lily morton who was a completely new to me author at the time and i read it for self-published book week and i went insane over the book and now I mean I've loved everything that she's written and I'm obsessed with her, but it's just funny because that was a completely cold pick off of um, you know, a request because it's self published book week and um I knew nothing about the book before. So it's always fun to get some new favorites and try some things I wouldn't normally pick up.
1: Yeah, it's always great when you get to find something new simply because it was suggested like that.
4: Yeah, yeah. It's um it's exciting. So We have, um, like I said, broken down into four weeks. So the way our weeks work, um, week one is new to me author week. And that's actually one that, funny enough, we've had all four years because it's
3: always a reader favorite. And um, as much as I read, there's still constantly new authors that I haven't tried. So this is um, always a fun week. And it's an easy ease um, ease into the challenge because pretty much everybody can find an author that they haven't read. Um, and that week is going to be sponsored by Nine Star Press, and they're giving out six twenty dollars gift cards, so that's super fun. And then um, our next week is Diverse Book Weeks, uh, diver- Diverse Book Week, I guess. And um, for that one, we're pretty much encompassing diversity on lots of levels, so um, racial, cultural, religious diversity, um, physical disability um, different kinds of sort of broader under the, um, LGBT spectrum than just, um, just gay romance. So we're really looking for all kinds of book diversity. And, um, we've got tons of authors who have donated books for that. So I think we have six or seven prize bundles of like seven or eight books each, which is nice. fabulous. All yeah. featuring, featuring diverse stories. Yeah. People are so super generous. Um, And then the third week, we're bringing back one that we did a couple of years ago, which is um, International Week. So the challenge is read something set in a country. We try here to also read outside of US and UK because so many books, especially historicals, are set in the UK. So we try to branch out. Um, And we found some really fun ones. And then the last week, we're doing a repeat from last year, which is Self-Published Book Week. because that's another fun one. I find that people really love self-published books or there are people who are sometimes wary to try them just because they don't have the um, knowledge of the publisher. So this isn't a really fun one, but also super easy because self-published books are everywhere now. And again, we've got some fabulous authors who have donated um, a bunch of prize packs. So I think we have four or five prize packs for self-published author week as well our self-published book week. Um, And then um, Dream Spinner, once again, is going to be our grand prize winner, our grand prize sponsor. Um, So the way that it works is that each week, there's a the prize for the people who earn issues that week, and then at the very end, everyone and she will to be part of it again. And
4: they've always been a super generous sponsor, so I'm really, um, I'm really excited about that one. And I think, um, I think it's gonna be another good month. It's gonna be another good month. Um, it's always a fun event, and like I said, we get lots of reader involvement.
1: Yeah, it sounds like it's set up really good, uh, good selection of the weeks. And I assume it'll it'll kick off Labor Day Monday on the 3rd?
4: Right, right, starts the first week in September. So probably on Sunday, we'll have the um, basic kickoff information post. It will talk about what's happening for the week, what we're reading. Um, also for folks who want some information now, and I'll give you the links for that, we have a coming soon post that explains the week or explains the month, um, reiterates all the challenges, And talks about the basics of how it works. And then um, last Sunday, we ran our basic prize preview um, post, which I also can give you the link to, that shows all the prizes that we have confirmed so far. Um, And then this Sunday, which I guess will actually be yesterday by the time folks are listening to the podcast, um, sorry, a little time work there, um, we will have the um, list of what we're reading. So that's always helpful. A lot of readers like to know um, what we're reading because they like to read the same thing we are. So as many that we have finalized that we can list, we'll put in there for you. So if people want to read along the same books as us, they can. Um, but absolutely no obligation. Lots of people like to pick their own challenge books. So we'll be sharing that. Um, and then the following Sunday, it kicks off because, oh my gosh, summer is over and we're in, in
3: September. I can't even believe it.
1: Yeah, it, it is Very crazy. Well, we're looking forward to seeing all that. We'll definitely put all those links into the show notes so folks can get their prep done uh, before we hit Labor Day weekend.
4: Sure, sure. Uh,
1: So something else you've introduced is a a group for your your readers and users on Facebook.
3: Yeah, I'm really excited about that. We just started it two days ago, um, and the group is called the Joyful Jays, which um, I think is kind of fun. I'm excited about that.
1: You need a t-shirt. You so need t-shirts. I envision, like, a pink lady sort of t-shirt script (laughs) font or something.
3: (laughs) Sort of badass reader biker group. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so um, we started it because we were looking for, or I was looking for another way to sort of enhance the reader community and um, make it easier for people to interact with each other. And so um, it's got a whole bunch of different things. We're um, reposting all of our, or linking to all of our blog posts. So that's a great way if you're on Facebook to hear about Um, all the posts that come through. We'll also be sharing blog news and information and events. Um, A lot of the things actually that if you used to subscribe to my now mostly defunct weekly newsletter um, that we put there in terms of news or that I put in my coming this week post on the blog. Um, So information about um, challenge month, information about things that are happening um, on the blog or in the romance community at large, I'll include there. we're also having on Tuesdays will be new release Tuesdays. So we'll have a thread where people can share um, books that they're excited about that are coming out Um, and authors are welcome to use that thread to also do some self-promotion if they want to include their own new releases um, or books they're just excited to read. And then um, on Fridays will be sales and deals day. So we'll have a thread there as well, where people can share information about sales they're having um, again on their own books or just things that they see in, um, you know, around that they wanna share with everybody. And um, I'm really excited because so far people have been really um, interactive and I'm hoping this will be just another place where people can talk um, more about books and about romance and comment on the reviews and what they thought about the book and um, just be a way that people can talk maybe more directly to each other than they can always on the blog. Um, Although we still want you to stop by the blog and we still love comments there. I read every comment that comes through. Um, so, but we're hoping that this will just enhance not only the community, but also help people find out more about what's happening on the blog if they're not there as frequently as they're on Facebook. Cause if they're like me, they're probably on Facebook all the time. So, um, yeah, and I have a lot of ideas of some things I'd like to do, but we're going to let the community grow a little bit and people get settled in and then. Um, I'd like to you know start looking into doing some events and some other things on there So I'm really excited about it and I hope that people will stop by and join You don't have to be a reader of the blog Although of course we would love it if you are uh, a blog reader as well but anybody who's interested in just talking about romance and books and um, You know fun stuff going on in the community is welcome to join us So we're looking forward to that and I'm excited to see how it grows
1: yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to go I'm, over and, and put myself in there, and uh, we'll link to it in the show notes as well, so everybody else can yes, go find it.
3: Please, please come on in. The funniest thing is, I put in a um, filter question to avoid the bots, and you know, just said, "Tell me your favorite LGBT romance." And it's so funny because everyone's mad at me. They're all writing, "I can't decide. How am I supposed to pick?" So. Uh, it's making me laugh to see all the comments from people who are like horrified at having to choose their favorite child. So, uh, <laughs> it's, kind of a funny, it's kind of a funny question. So I
1: trust that's also an acceptable answer.
3: <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yes, please come on over and everyone else, welcome. Excellent.
1: So we, we can't wrap it up with you without getting a couple book recommendations. What are you reading these days that you're loving?
3: Sure. Um, Well, I'll have to put a plug in for a book that I read while I was on vacation a couple weeks ago, um, which is um, Whisper by Tal Bauer, which is a follow-up to Hush, um, although with the exception of a couple of cross-cameos from the previous um, main characters, completely stands alone. Um, This book, I'm telling you, Jeff, it's 971 pages per Amazon. I read it in 48 hours. Oh, my God, did you sleep? Put it down. I mean, it helps that I was on vacation, so I didn't have like a life that I had to be dealing with, but could not put it down. Um, It features a um, young CIA agent um, who actually appears in the first book as well. Um, A young CIA agent, Chris, who um, is the expert on Afghanistan, which is a completely sort of unknown area of the world until um, 9 11. And the book starts on 9 11 where suddenly he's brought into all of this because suddenly Afghanistan, of course, with bin Laden it becomes huge. um, And it follows him and the military sort of the first part um, as they go to Afghanistan and they're first on the ground trying to um, hunt for bin Laden. And um, what's done so well here is, I mean, if you told me this was a nonfiction recount of the early days of the war, it reads just like that. And I know that Um, Talbauer did a ton of research into a lot of the military stuff. And a lot of the things that happen are actually taken from real life interviews, real life, um, you know, transcripts of of things that have happened. Um, And then along the way, he meets um, his love interest, who is in the military group that's, um, you know, connected to his CIA group. And so then the story sort of starts to follow their love and their romance and how they deal with, um, you know, the time of don't ask, don't tell. And when, you know, they're ultimately married and the CIA has no accommodations for at the time, you know, federal government employees to have same sex spouses. And so it gets into that a little bit and then turns into a thriller at, at the end. And I can tell you, I still have like a giant book hangover from it. So definitely I can recommend that one. Um, something else that I read that I really liked at that, that came out around then as well is, um, Salt Magic, Skin Magic by Lee Welch. I don't know if you heard about this one. Um, this is a historical paranormal um, combination, which is funny enough, uh, um, a combination I'm finding like I really like. I mean, K.J. Charles, Jordan L. Hawk. like there's a lot of authors who write this so well. And I think it's kind of a fun genre because historical tends to have a lot of rules. I mean, at the time, society was very structured. There's a lot of rules and And then when you add the paranormal element, it sort of takes that structured historical society and then shakes it up with all this paranormal. So um, in this case, it features a main character who has been on his, trapped on his father's estate for the last year and a half and trapped by some sort of magic so he can't leave. Um, And then a um, mage who comes in because he thinks that um, the son is cursing somebody and he comes in to investigate and it turns out Um, The two end up, of course, falling in love, but in the um, interim of the story, they're trying to figure out just what it is that is keeping him trapped here. And I can't give too much detail because it would spoil everything, but the way the story unfolds and you learn what's really happening and there's a curse on the father and um, what's going on, you know, between them is so exciting and fascinating. And just the world building is really well done. Um, Yeah, I'm really excited about this one and it got great buzz. So cool. And then. Um, upcoming I, um, for this week, I am reviewing, um, few good fish, which is Amy Lane's third book in her, I want to say it's called like the fish out of water series, I believe. Um, and it is a, um, romantic suspense and, uh, really like, I'm so enjoying the story. Each one gets more exciting, Um, They follow a um, private investigator and an attorney who work for the same firm. And there's an overarching mystery that follows the book. So you really want to be starting with the first. But um, I was super excited about that. And um, right now I'm reading actually Private Charter by N.R. Walker. So I can't give a full review because I haven't finished it. It comes out next week or this coming week, I guess, um, in uh, podcast time. And um, this is just like a sexy and romantic um the classic guy plans a vacation with a date who ends up canceling and he goes alone which is a common um romance trope and he has two weeks on a private yacht um so it's just him and the um captain of the yacht and they get up to all kinds of delicious sexy times and romance and um also sort of a journey for the main character who um has a very high pressure job and is basically boiling over with the pressure as he sort of learns to relax and enjoy his life a little bit. Um, And there's tiny white Speedos. So that will be my last um, plug for that one.
1: Forced proximity proximity and tiny white Speedos. How can that not be good? (laughs)
3: Good. Yes. Very summery. So, um, for those of you who are on the northern hemisphere and summer is winding down, this is a great last gasp. And everyone else who's freezing cold right now, this will make you think of the tropics. So, I'm really enjoying that one.
1: Awesome. Well, thanks. Thanks as always for those book recommendations and telling us all about Challenge Week. We will. Uh, yeah, yeah. Up, I'm really excited
3: for Challenge Month.
1: We'll link up to everything uh, in the show notes so people can find that. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we'll definitely be catching up with you at GRL in just what feels like just a few weeks.
4: I know,
3: I'm really excited. I can't wait to see you.
2: In the hockey player's heart, the feel-good gay romance by Jeff Adams and Will Canaus, hockey star Caleb Carter returns to his hometown to recover from an injury. He never expects to run into his one-time crush at a grade school fundraiser. Seeing Aaron Price hits him hard, like being checked into the boards. The attraction is still there even after all these years and Caleb decides to make a play for the schoolteacher. You miss 100% of the shots you never take, right? Aaron has been burned by love before and can't imagine what a celebrity like Caleb could possibly see in a guy like him. Their differences are just too great. But as Aaron spends more time with Caleb, he begins to wonder if he might have what it takes to win the hockey player's heart. Get the hockey player's heart in ebook, paperback, or as an audiobook performed by me, Finn Sterling, wherever you buy books.
0: So as the summer is winding down, I thought we'd quickly mention that we have been to the movies a couple of times. Far more um, than our usual average. <laughs> uh, we actually did not see any superhero movies this past summer season. Um, for some reason. We just never got around to it. Yeah. But in the past couple of weeks, we went and saw Meg, the giant shark movie. Which rocked. Thumbs up on that one. <laughs> we saw Christopher Robin.
1: I was so disappointed. I wanted more from that. There were some
0: enchanting moments, but I actually have to give it a thumbs down, which makes me sad. Thumbs down on that one for me as well. Uh, we also recently watched the Hulu original documentary, Becoming Bond. It is uh, really uh, funny and interesting... Uh, documentary about George Lazenby, uh, and it sort of tracks his uh, career, his life and career Mm -hmm. as uh, the infamous one-time guy who played Bond. Yeah, taking over there for um, Sean
1: Connery. Yeah. I loved it. That was a hoot, and there's some stars. Jane Seymour's in this documentary. Uh, Dana Carvey makes an appearance as Johnny Carson, but it's also really good hearing George's story, um, his one-time Bond. We also saw this past weekend, uh, Crazy Rich Asians, which of course is storming the country. Uh, a very successful romantic comedy, apparently the first time in since Joy Luck Club I heard that a cast has been primarily Asian. Uh, I thought this was just, I loved everything about this movie. Um, and it makes you wonder why we can't get more diversity in romance in general, because this movie rocked everything. Um Yeah, if you have not seen it yet, you really need to get out there and see it before it uh, leaves the theaters. And the way it's been going in two weeks, I don't think it's leaving any day soon. Mm -mm. Highly recommend it. So, let's talk about some books. Books. So, I totally get why you've been to Lavender Shores multiple times this summer. Uh, I picked up The Palisades, uh, did the audiobook uh, as uh, narrated by Kurt Graves. Now, you reviewed this back in episode 144 mm-hmm. and, of course, gushed all over it because it was awesome. And now I totally get it. <laughs> I gushed. You gushed. <laughs> you could listen to Will's review for his expert like recap of it. But what I love so much about this book, other than the great romance that Rosalind Abel constructed here, I loved Joel's story. Um, he has a lot of baggage. He has a lot of stuff from his childhood to get through and a lot of issues with his father, who you rightfully called, I believe, a dick uh, in your oh, review. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and Joel's journey really uh, struck me, uh, made me cry a couple times because I felt bad for him and I loved it and I'll certainly be going back to uh, Lavender Shores to pick up some more of these books because they're awesome. And speaking of, you have made
0: your fourth trip because now you've read book four. Yes, book four in the series is called The Shipwreck. And this book um, sort of shines the spotlight on Lamont, who <gasps> Yay! who is Andrew's brother. Um, we get sort of a, a peek at Lamont in... A peek. <laughs> I'm in a weird mood this week. I don't know. Anyway, so... Uh, We get a little looky-loo at Lamont in the first book, and Mm -hmm. that got me curious. I really wanted to find out what he was all about. Absolutely. (laughs) So now we finally do get to know what he's all about in book four. Um, Lamont is an author, a successful one. He writes romances, and the shipwreck picks up at a writer's convention, where he essentially comes out as the man behind the pseudonym Ginger Peach. Um, oh my god what a name i love that i know it's crazy <laughs> um uh so ginger peach is the uh author of some uh very highly successful super sexy paranormal romances um that's how lamont makes his bread and butter and while he's at this convention he runs into super sexy uh cover model a guy named tyler and they get to talking and and Lamont is sort of bemoaning the fact that he has to go home to Lavender Shores in just a few days uh, and go to a what is essentially a baby shower. Um, <laughs> uh, here's a little spoiler for our happy couple in book one. Uh, they're having a baby shower in book four. <gasps> um, they're having a, a gender reveal party. Um, Lamont is worried because um, though his family certainly means well, they're going to try and fix him up because Lamont is sort of the quiet one in the family. Uh, He kind of stays, you know, to himself, Uh, doesn't get out much. He's a writer after all. And so um, Tyler sort of volunteers his services to serve as his fake boyfriend for the weekend. Uh, What are your favorites? Fake relationship trope for the win. Um, (laughs) So I love this book. I I already, you know, that's one of my favorite things ever. So that's what Tyler does. He goes to Lavender Shores uh, to go to this party with Lamont. uh, And it's a big success. Everyone falls in love with Tyler and thinks he's the ideal man for Lamont. And they're the perfect couple. Uh, even though it's fake. Um, and so while Tyler is there, uh, Lamont shows him around the perfect little bucolic town that they live in. Uh, he takes them to a very special spot, uh, called the shipwreck. It is actually a ship that, um, was stranded on a sandbar on the shore right there, uh, close to the town. Uh, and it ends up becoming uh, very special for these two. Um, Tyler is not only uh, super gorgeous and uh, male model; uh, he's also a photographer. That's what he really wants to do. Uh, so he spends a couple of days hanging around town, uh, taking you know wonderful photos. Uh, the two of them end up falling in love as the fake relationship ends up turning into a real relationship. That kind of thing, as you know, as things are wont to do, and. <laughs> um, uh eventually we moved towards the part in the story part of the fake relationship trope is always the couple has to get to the point where they have to decide if what they're feeling is fake or is it real Mm -hmm. that's part of the trope and uh once they get past that they realize that their feelings for each other are very real and um They're going to take some time apart from one another to think about that. Uh, Tyler is going to go home to, I believe it's D.C., for the holidays. Incidentally, this book takes place during the holidays, but it's not really a Christmas book, per se, because Mm -hmm. the holidays aren't an integral part to the storyline. Okay. Anyway, um, so they spend some time apart and realize that they just love each other so very, very much. Uh, but unfortunately, it comes to light that Tyler also makes money uh, as a porn star. Uh-oh. And this is the only part that kind of left me scratching my head. Um, uh, for um, storytelling reasons, I wasn't 100% sure how um, his porn past really works into how his current uh, work life uh, is, is working. I, I don't know. There was a lot of stuff that didn't quite make sense to me. And this is really the only hiccup in the entire series. Um, Tyler re I mean, I'm so sorry. Lamont reacts badly when he finds out that, um, Tyler, uh, is also doing porn, um, which also didn't make a ton of sense to me because, uh, their entire, the entire basis of their, um relationship was uh essentially an escort situation mm-hmm. when they met at the convention tyler says you know well sometimes people pay me money for my time why don't i just come to this party with you and and there was a you know initially going to be money exchanging hands um they you know that fell by the wayside you know rather quickly as their relationship began to blossom anyway um they end up splitting up. This is the dark moment of the book. Um, I'm not going to call spoiler alert because this is a romance novel. We all know that at 75 to 80% in the book, uh, the couple is going to hit a rough patch and they have to decide if they're going to fight for one one another, which they always do because this is a romance novel and they have to end up together at the end. So, um, (laughs) so they eventually do the smart thing, get back together and work out their differences. Um, as in every book in the series, uh, the title refers to a certain location in Lavender Shores that means mm-hmm. something a great deal to the couple. In this case, is the shipwreck, and the shipwreck, um, it's, oh my gosh, uh, <laughs> even though they're black moment uh wasn't my favorite um the end the super schmoopy romantic <laughs> <laughs> um finale just was like ah, uh, it's my favorite in, of the entire series so far uh it involves a shipwreck, and i'm not going to spoil it um because it's it's really damn good um so I, I highly recommend um the shipwreck by rosalind abel cool um, yeah, yeah and rosalind's actually going to be here Uh, in a couple
1: weeks, in episode 153, on the week of September 9th. Mm -hmm. So we're looking very forward to that. And uh, if you want to get any of the books we just talked about, uh, the links, of course, are in the show notes. And uh, we do use those affiliate links. Uh, We do use affiliate links. And if you use those, uh, you'll be supporting the podcast with a few pennies that
0: we'll get uh, if you get the books or the movies or anything else we talk about here on the show. And as always, there are other ways to help support the podcast. You can join us on Patreon for as little as 25 cents an episode. Your pledge helps pay for the cost of producing and distributing this show. And if you join us on Patreon at... Um, whatever level you feel comfortable, there are all sorts of goodies like, you know, a personalized thank you sent directly from us to you. Also, there is a bonus episode that we do every single month, especially for our fantastic family of Patreon members. So if this sounds interesting to you, all you have to do is go to patreon.com slash biggayfictionpodcast. That is
2: did you know that podcasts love to get reviews too taking a moment to leave a review about the big gay fiction podcast helps us with the show's visibility online please take a moment to visit itunes and leave a review your comments help other readers of gay romance discover this show thanks for helping us spread the word about the big gay fiction podcast
1: So as you may know, we are featured bloggers for the Coastal Magic Convention that comes up in February 2019 down in Daytona Beach. We have our first of our featured author segments now as we welcome Hank Edwards to the show. Uh, He is the author of the Critter Catcher series, and his brand new book in that series came out earlier this month. And he's also been re-releasing his Fluffers, Inc. series as well. So we got a lot to talk to him about, so (laughs) let's get to that. As part of our Coastal Magic featured author presentations this year, I'm excited to welcome Hank Edwards to the podcast. Hank's been writing gay fiction for more than 20 years, crossing many subgenres along the way, including romantic comedy, contemporary paranormal, suspense, mystery, and wacky comedy. He's released two books this summer, Horror at Hideaway Cove, which is book six in the Critter Catcher series, and Vancouver Nights, which is the third in the Fluffers, Inc. series. Welcome, Hank. Thank you good to be here. It's good to finally have you. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So, let's start with that most recent release, uh which happens to be a re-release of Vancouver Nights.
5: Yes. Um I it's book 3 of my Charlie Hegginsford series and it was the, like the first books that I published. And um they're very filthy and they're very funny. So, <laughs> <laughs> it's hard it's, to go wrong with filthy and funny really, you know, It really is you know, I, I get some, some different feedback from people Depending on what they're looking for um, It's the third book I, I just got the rights back last year And so I've been kind of re-editing them And I wanted to um, add some more To the first book So I added probably about four chapters To the first book As an intro to Charlie, the main character He moves to Los Angeles from Idaho A farm in Idaho And I wanted to show his life back on the farm so I added about four chapters there like before he gets his job at, at Fluffers Inc which is you know where he works and excels uh, <laughs> some may say uh, and so then the, the third book I, I finally got around to just going through and giving a nice edit and so I've put that up for pre-order now and um, actually it's probably available uh, when this goes live so I think the end of August
1: yep. And as you mentioned, Fluffers, Inc. was your first book. And this is from back in the early 2000s. Uh-huh. Yeah. As you got your rights back, what inspired you to get everything kind of updated and and and, and repackaged to come out?
0: Um,
5: You know, I really, you know, I've got a, it's kind of fun. I've got a soft spot for Charlie. <laughs> a lot of people have a, a hard spot for Charlie, but I have a, a soft spot for Charlie. You know, because he was, he's, he's a fun character to write. And he, um, he is very clumsy, but he's got a good heart and it's really, it's just kind of, it's just fun. And, um, you know, it's not an angsty book, you know, there's not really a lot of drama like, you know, um, but it's, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun and I wanted to kind of bring him back and kind of, you know, dust off the dust and, you know, make it a nice new, uh, cover. My husband created new covers for, uh, all the books. And uh, you know, I just wanted to kinda like go back and, and reintroduce like where he came from. So
1: yeah, it was it was nice to get that back and, and wanna clean some stuff up. What had inspired you back in the day to write these books and, and to have that be your first book that came out?
5: Well, back in when I when I wrote them, I was writing it was, you know, really uh the beginnings of the internet, you know, and we it was a lot of it was um Submitting uh, short stories to magazines, things like Bear, 100% Beef, you know that kind of stuff. So I was writing erotic short stories, and I had the idea of creating um, like a, a linked short stories that I could sell to a magazine. Mm-hmm. So you know, as I was writing the, and I wanted it to be funny because I thought, you know, I mean, anything other than like sex sells, but humor sells too. So, so then uh, my husband suggested, you know, why don't you uh, make that a book? And I was like, oh. Well, that's a good idea. So, you know, as I wrote all these short stories, I grouped them together because as chapters, and they they did have a, a common uh, link going through them, a storyline, because I was trying to link them all anyway. And so, I sent them in to Allison, and
1: uh, they bought it. Oh, so, I remember Allison.
5: Yeah. That's
1: a long. That's a long time ago. It that feels like. Long. I mean, it's only 20, 2000s, but still.
5: Yeah, it was a long time ago. So Allison bought them, and then. Um, Wanted the second one, but then the first one it, it wasn't selling as well as they'd wanted, so they they stopped production on the second one, and then they let the first one go out of print. I think it was five years, and then uh, Steve Berman from Leithay Press picked it up, and so you know I was really I'm always grateful to him for that because I I was just kind of well you know I'm never gonna write, I'm never gonna be more published you know so so he helped me kind of. Kick that back into gear. He bought the first one and then he bought the, the next two to publish them. So
1: that was cool. What was it like revisiting these, these early works and, and how would you say that your writing has changed over time?
5: Oh, Oh dear. I've got, <laughs> I've become a better writer. <laughs> At least I, I really think I did. Um, it was, uh, you know, it was, it was very, um, and I tried to clean all that up. It was, it was very, um, you know, sp- specific about details, you know, like the acts and things like that. So, you know, I was writing for a whole different audience in a way in my head, you know, back then, because it was like, it was for Bear Magazine, you know, 100% beef, that kind of stuff. So, um, it was, uh, I, I wanted to rewrite it and make it a little more accessible and make it just better. So, but my writing has has improved. <laughs> I hope. So yeah, so it was very interesting going back and revisiting those. And I'd forgotten a lot about our, what I... I actually made myself laugh, which is good. You know, I guess that's okay to
1: say. You know, you yeah.
5: know. <laughs> when you forget what you write and you write it and you read it again and you're like, oh.
1: <laughs> so. And you so, put yeah. these out on audio now too, right?
5: Uh, two, Steve actually did that. Steve Berman for huh? Lathe. He put the first two out on audio. And he didn't tell me about it. he just kinda like suddenly sent me this link and I was like, What is this? And I went out there and was like, My book's an audio and he was like, Oh, okay. So that's kinda cool. So I've left those out there because um they every now and then somebody will want an audiobook of it, but they're not the same versions as the new releases, so it's the old version, but
1: Okay. You know. People can compare and contrast on their own then. Exactly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Do you see more fluffers in your future ever? <laughs>
5: <laughs> you know, I do. as As I was re- revamping these books, um, I'd always had I'd made notes um, for further adventures for Charlie and his friends, and so I uh, I do have some ideas for going forward. It's just you know trying to fit that into the schedule and see where that falls.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, moving up to something more current on your I, in your releases, um, you have new Critter Catchers out there with Horror at Hideaway Cove. Dude. Uh, tell us about that. It sounds like a, a, a juicy summer read.
5: It really is. Um it's the sixth book in the series. Uh I have one more planned after this at some point. I have to write it. Uh no release date for that yet. But there's one there will be at least one more in the series. I'm kinda of gonna cap it um probably after that. But this one uh kinda sees the relationship between Cody and uh and Demetrius, the two main characters, sort of, you know, Become fully realized. They get married. And they go off on a honeymoon. And they go to this nice little uh, private island that's uh, got one little cabin on it uh, in the middle of this really big lake. And uh, of course, get tangled up with a lake monster. So, which is like like, like Nessie here, you know, on my t-shirt. So, um, so it's very uh, that was kind of fun exploring their, that dynamic between them um, while also them figuring out. The mystery around the lake monster.
1: So that's cool. Now, tell us about Critter Catchers in general. What's the series about yeah. as a whole?
5: Uh, it's you know it started as a story or story orgy story, which was a group of us. I think there was five of us. Um, wrote prompt based uh, stories, and we would publish a chapter every Monday. And so we we all used the same prompt, and then we'd write different stories based on it. So I had some. Uh, The first book, *Terror uh, Terror by Moonlight*, excuse me, um, was born out of that, and I think the second book as well, *Chasing the Chupacabra*. And uh, you know, I was, (laughs) I, I really love, um, I'm drawn to paranormal stuff, and um, I, I really love humor as well. So I wanted to combine those two and mash them up, and then. You know, I wanted to kind of have this dynamic of like, you know, two best friends working together, and then like getting involved in these crazy, like, outlandish paranormal cases, and not knowing what to do with them. So they kind of, it's it's sort of just like taken on a life of its own. I just, you know, Cody and Demetrius just sort of do things now without like in my head, and I'm like, well, all right, guys, hang on, let me write it down. You know, so it's
1: weird. <clears throat> uh, paranormal and 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 comedy, it just. <laughs> in some ways it seems to go together so well because of of like you see the popularity of supernatural right and like the banter between those those two right, right? yep um and then like the titles to these books it's so Saturday morning serial oh, at the yeah. same time
5: Yes and that's exactly right you know I wanted that all like you know the dramatic serial you know it's a perfect example and uh, and yeah supernatural i actually in in one of the books you know they talk about comparing themselves to sam and dean quite a bit you know it's like you know <laughs> no we're not getting in the car and driving off to a crossroads to some demon you know <laughs> going to do that. <laughs>
1: there are something you just shouldn't do and that would be <laughs> one of them
5: <laughs> haven't you learned yeah
1: <laughs> so what got you started on your journey as a writer
5: oh i've always i've always loved writing and uh i know you hear that a lot i listen to your guys podcasts i know i like so many writers say that but i you know i i grew up writing it's i, I would i also drew um comic strips uh when i was younger you know i i actually i actually created like a like comic strip border frames like templates you know and i would Got them copied back in the day when there was like a big Xerox machine, you know. And I, w- I would uh, draw comic books about different things. But a lot of how I started writing was, you know, I would see a movie that I loved and I would write a sequel to it, you know, using those same characters. And so that's kind of how I got into it. And that bran- from there I branched off into like my own stories. So,
1: mm-hmm. what were some of those movies that you wrote sequels for?
5: Oh gosh, uh, like Alien, the original Alien. I wrote my own sequel to Aliens. Uh, not not aliens but i wrote my own sequel to alien where she like actually makes it back and you know there's an alien on board like a like a um international space station kind of thing so <sighs> yeah and i would type it up on my sister's typewriter i used up all their ribbon they hated it and uh, <laughs> you know i made them in the little books i actually folded the paper and stuff like it was
1: yeah i was very creative <laughs> and and very thorough like if you were typing on a way that you could actually <laughs> yeah fold them and bind yeah. them
5: Sometimes I would like tear them and then tape them back together to make it easier to put them in the typewriter. So it it depended. You know, I had a lot of time. You know, <laughs> we only had three channels, and we didn't have internet. And
1: <laughs> it's interesting to hear uh, how you wrote sequels to your own movies because, in a way, you were doing fanfic.
5: It, right. You At know, the end I of the day, I
1: mean, and, and the that's the gateway for so many.
5: <laughs> yep. You're right. That's I never thought of it that way. That's a good point. So yeah, I was doing that. All back in the day,
1: I'm the typewriter. I, I just love that. Okay. Who are some of your author influences? And you could really go in or out of the genre here, depending on how yeah. you uh, how you need to answer. So out of the genre, which you know
5: our big influences is Stephen King is a huge influence, and I've read like all his stuff. I love him. Um, there's some other like mystery writers. Um, I, I read a lot of Jonathan Kellerman. I read like John Sanford. I really love the mysteries and the kind of like the uh, detective and the um, sort of like a, almost a hard-boiled kind of thing um,
2: in the genre.
5: Um, I I've really come to appreciate uh, T.J. Klune's
2: abilities
5: as a writer. And I uh, I just finished um, Angel Martinez. Uh, her um, offbeat crimes series, which was funny and paranormal and, and spooky and, and sweet. And I'm just getting into, I uh, just discovered, and I, I know it's been out there a while, uh, Jordan Castillo Price's uh, Psycop series, uh, which is really awesome. So, you know, I try to bounce around a little bit and, and um, read all different sorts of stuff. But yeah,
1: so. Well, it makes sense you bounce around. You bounce around a lot of genres. I do, yeah. Uh, you know, I which know. I, I get. <laughs> how did you end up kind of just going from here to there because you started You know with the with the comedy and then you kind of branched from there
5: Yeah, I you know, it depends on what's What's holding my interest today? I think you know, it's like, you know, where do I want to go and, and how spook? You know, it's like the spooky stuff always kind of drags pulls me in um, I wrote a series uh, <clears throat> Venom Valley several years ago, and that was um, I wanted old-school vampires so that was more, like, um, based on, like, Stephen King's Salem's Lot, right? I wanted the old, scary, like, Universal Studios vampires back. And, and so there's zombies and vampires in the American Old West. And I don't know where that came from. <laughs> it just sort of came up and it all mashed together. So, yeah, I do a lot of different stuff like that. I try to make it unique.
1: What would you say the, like, the the trademark of a Hank Edwards book is, regardless of the genre that it's in? Um, Um, I try
5: to have the characters, I try to have a lot of like their banter, like with me and my friends. you know, we, we, we banter a lot back and forth. And, uh, and I, I try to have that feel realistic, like, you know, characters that really interact together. And I, I really am drawn to the characters driving the plot forward. Right. And so it's, it's more, to me, it's more about the people that you're reading about. So I try to keep that top of mind no matter what's going on. Like, you know, even if there's like vampires and zombies taking over, it's like these characters are the ones that you're, you're there for. So mm-hmm. I hope I do it. I don't know. <clears throat>
1: are there subgenres that you want to try that you haven't yet?
5: Oh, um, I, I would like to do some more contemporary, um, and, and some more just romance, you know, it's just like the, the, like, romance part of it without the paranormal part you know without other stuff coming in you know just do a romance so i just i i need to i'm reading up a little bit more on that kind of like seeing how other people do it so uh that's on my list this year to kind of figure out how to make hank edwards right that way <laughs> <laughs> I gotta I gotta put the spooky stuff away and then I gotta like, you know, okay, it's contemporary. No, there's not a world. Stop it. You know <laughs> No, there's this is not a haunted house. Get away from here. So, they're not yeah. running
1: away from a from something or having to kill a zombie. They just get to fall in love. Exactly. And maybe have a normal uh Exactly issue.
5: <laughs> yeah, right. You know, so so I need I need I've done that in the past. I need to uh work on that a little bit. I have some story orgy singles uh, from back in the day that you know that are contemporary romances, I know I want to get back to that a little bit,
1: very cool, yeah, do you pull towards any one genre like when you're sitting there and go i want I'm going to do a new book, do you pull towards one particular genre and have to like pull yourself back somewhere else
5: yeah, usually I usually go to paranormal, you know i
1: really i am you know
5: i and i don't know why i just i love always love the things that are spooky and and creepy so <clears throat> and i think it's just because they're spooky and creepy and you have no power over them and stuff like that and you're just like i have to understand it i have to be prepared i don't know so
1: that well, makes sense i mean you 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 described obviously that first some of those first stories was your sequel to alien so mm-hmm. <laughs> there is a, right? yeah. a connection back there oh yeah it's from way back <laughs> Now you are going to Coastal Magic in February. Uh, it's your second time to yes. come. Um, what are you looking forward to this year? Oh wow, talking to more people. Um, you know, last year I I said
5: um, there were more people that I knew, more people than I thought I I would, and I actually uh, got to sit and talk to some authors that I had not had a chance to before, and um, it was it was really nice. I'd like to do that again. <clears throat> and you know, uh, participate even more uh, with the uh, um, with the off hours kind of events. So it was uh, it was a fun, a really fun experience. I, I really enjoyed it. So I'm really happy to be going back.
1: Excellent. Any any tips for any of our listeners who may be going for the first time? Ooh, um, Such as us? <laughs> yeah,
5: that's right. You guys, I'm looking forward to seeing you guys down there. Um, you know what? Just so. I, uh, there was a group. I was, when I went down, you know, I was kind of by myself, and they had a, um, uh, like a, a, a greet and meet. And so, you know, it, it's hard to, as you go in by yourself, you know, it's hard to, like, go up and talk to people. And somebody, uh, one of the, a woman from a group came over and invited me to join their group. And I, I met, like, these three people that were really nice. And then one of the authors, uh, Shayla Patel, um, she and I, kind of like hung out a little bit throughout the weekend. So it was nice. Just go try to put those fears aside and like go and talk to people. Or if you're with a group, invite somebody who's by themselves in. You know, just to it's that just kinda helps. And I try to do that like when I go to JRL and I see somebody by themselves, I try to include them with what we're doing, that kind of thing. So, you know, I think that's it.
1: Yeah, that's a good universal tip I think for a for a con. Bring bring people over and don't be afraid to approach. Right. what what's coming up for you you've got these two books that are just out this summer but what's coming up for you between like now and coastal oh jeez.
5: um i actually have taken a step outside my boundaries and um i have co-authored a book and i co-wrote a book with deanna wadsworth who is awesome and a lot of fun to work with and an amazing writer and um we, you know, got on the Google Docs and we, uh, created this, we wrote this book. Uh, it's the, a, a mystery, a humorous mystery series set in, um, an imaginary town in Western Michigan. And, uh, it's a hairstylist and a mortician <laughs> that meet up and go on to solve a crime. So, <laughs> you know,
1: what it, a great combo
5: they do. Um, yeah. So we, we have the first book done. We, um, submitted it to Karina press during their you know tweet to tweet to get a, a read and they they wanted to read it so they read it and we got rejected from Karina so but we're uh, we're considering where to send it next and then we're we've talked about we have ideas for books two and three in the series and then uh, so we need to start working on book two so but hopefully you know those will be coming out at some point within the next year probably knowing release cycles <clears throat> and then I have the seventh book of Critter Catchers to write, and then I have a couple of other things I'm I've put to the side that I want to go back to, so
1: yeah, that's cool. How was the co-writing experience since it was new for you?
5: It um it was interesting and it was humbling, you know, which is very interesting because I write I have a you know everybody has their different uh, methods of writing, and Deanna writes oh, she puts down a bunch of words a day you know like she does a lot of like dictation which i think you're getting into now too mm-hmm. and i i haven't yet figured out a good way to do that so um so she she's like yeah oh i got like ten thousand words done today i'm like what you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god you know i'm like i got two thousand whatever you know but uh but she was it was uh it was interesting to see another uh, process you know another author in the process And, uh, you know, somebody I like, Deanna, we've known each other for years and and we get along really well. And um, so it was that was a a really good experience. So, yeah,
1: it was interesting to see that from a a different point of view. That's cool. (laughs) We'll look forward to seeing that and seeing what this mystery comedy kind of looks like.
5: Yeah, it should be interesting.
1: Now, you've got a giveaway for our listeners, which is awesome. Please tell us tell us what's up for grabs here do i am going to give away uh the first
5: book of the critter catcher series it is on sale right now for 99 cents but i would
1: like to give it away give it away give it away Oh, no, we can't do that because licensing anyway um <laughs> yeah, luckily you didn't make it sound too much like that song so nobody will ever know that happened
5: i <laughs> i'm a really bad singer um so uh in a in ebook format so whatever format uh the reader needs i have epub moby uh it could be pdf um so uh, yeah, so we will be giving away the the Terror by Moonlight, and if somebody already has Terror by Moonlight and they win, then you know I will be open to giving away another book in the series. So you
1: know I'm flexible. Cool. Yeah. Well, all that people will have to do to win that is to send us an email at giveaway at fictionpodcast dot com, put the word critters in the subject line, and they will be entered to win. And we'll. Awesome. We'll give away all the we'll we'll talk about all the all the ins and outs of the giveaway after the interview. Um, so very cool about that. What's the best way for people to keep up with you online? Oh, the best way
5: the best way is Facebook.
1: Uh, I'm I'm pretty
5: I'm old you know I'm older. It's like Facebook, Twitter confuses me. I get lost <laughs> in the conversations. I'm like. What? Where's this going? Uh, Insta. I am on Instagram, but I always forget that I'm on Instagram, and I never. I post a picture now and then. I'm like, oh, I have Instagram. I should post this picture. Um, so Facebook is probably the best way. I have a Facebook page, uh, my author page, and that's Facebook.com/slash Hank Edwards Books. Uh, and you can friend me. I post mostly on my profile a lot, and uh, you know that's just Hank Edwards. Look for me. Um, and Twitter, I'm at at Hank's Books, and again, I don't. Twitter confuses me, so I'll, I'll post now and then. But it's you know, I'm not on there a lot, so. I can't remember what Instagram is. I'm on Instagram, but I don't even remember what my my handle is. So, but I'm out there. So follow me, and you'll see an occasional sunset or a cat picture or something. Yeah.
1: We'll, we'll link to everything in the show notes, so people can Super. can find all that and uh, and do it that way. Hank, thanks so much for hanging out with us for a bit. We look forward to seeing you at uh, both GRL and Coastal
0: Magic.
5: Yes, thank you. I look forward to seeing you guys too.
0: Thank you to Hank for taking the time out of his busy schedule to sit down and talk to us. Yeah, look forward to seeing him
1: in February for Coastal Magic. We do have a Coastal Magic link in the show notes as well so you could check out everything there is to see about that convention and maybe come hang out with us at the beach in February. Oh, can't wait. I know, right? It's going to be <laughs> awesome. Now, just a reminder, Hank, of course, has a giveaway for us. Uh, you can get Terror by Moonlight, which is the first in the Critter Catcher series. All you have to do is send an email with the word critters in the subject line to giveaway at biggayfictionpodcast.com. Do that by 1159 p.m. Pacific time on Sunday, September 2nd, and you will be
0: entered to win an ebook of Terror by Moonlight. Once again, that is giveaway at com. Yes. Fantastic. Guys, I think that'll do it for this week's episode. Coming up next week in number 152, we've got Alexander Eberhardt. He'll join us to talk about his debut YA novel, There Go Sunday School. Yeah. I loved this book, reviewed it a few weeks back, and it was great talking to Alex about his debut. And uh, we'll have that next week. Okay, guys, remember, no matter where life takes you, the journey will always be sweeter when you have a book. So until next time, everyone, please keep turning those pages and keep reading. For detailed show notes and links to everything discussed in this episode, go to biggayfictionpodcast.com. New episodes are available every Monday at all major podcast distributors. You can also find us on YouTube, I'm Derek McLean. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.